Monday. I'm your host, Ricky. I'm here with my co-host, Michelle. What's going on, Michelle? What's happening, Ricky? Not too much. How was your weekend? It was good. We've got a lot to talk about, but I have to say, I had the Sunday blues, and not because of work. The Sunday blues? I miss football. Like, I'm not going to lie. First Sunday. Always the first Sunday is always a little little off. That's a good point. I didn't even notice it, which is bad for me. But uh, you're right. I think the more Sundays we get to here, it's going to start hitting harder and harder. Yeah, it's just like, what do we do today? Uh, So what did you do to um, fill the gap between you? I uh, took a walk in the park, and yeah, that's about it. I... uh, I do miss my uh, Sunday football, but that's okay. It's time to move on. Yeah, there's still hoops, too. Yeah. I don't know if you're a big college basketball person, Michelle, but there was some great um, college basketball games on yesterday and all weekend. That's true. I like to get into it towards the end of the month, like leading into March. That's when I really get into college basketball. You're a March Madnesser. I am. One of those. Okay. I, I do love how it always comes down to like the buzzer, buzzer beaters with the – college basketball yeah it's so competitive um there's nothing like march madness and we do have that around the corner we do but uh i want to talk about the ufc this weekend um you came in from this weekend super pumped about these fights but i was thinking to myself when i first met ricky he didn't know a damn thing about the ufc never talked about it once i and I was thinking, like, what what really, like, got you into loving this sport? That's actually a good point, Michelle. Um, yeah, you want me to give you the timeline? Yeah, I. it's just, like, because I, honestly, I don't even know if I could have told you one thing. All right, well, I'll, I'll give you my story of how I kind of became a big fan of this sport recently too like you're saying um shout out to Aaron Blanchfield too just before we we get going there because that's part of the reason I was so hyped up coming in but we'll get to that for me Michelle it actually not that I ever wasn't a fan of the sport um I was more into boxing not so much UFC my dad was really into boxing so as far as combat sports go it was boxing but when COVID happened the only sport that was really like available to bet on and even to watch was the UFC. Do you remember actually like during the early stages of all of that when everything was off? Yeah, I remember didn't the March Madness get canceled that year? It- March Madness got canceled. The NBA stopped. Mm-hmm. Golf stopped for a while. The Actually, the very first sport to come back when everything stopped was the UFC. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they were kind of like pioneers in, in bringing sports back during that's, that time. That's true. But the reason I bring you there, Michelle, is because that's truthfully where it began, and I will never forget this. It was, as I literally forget it, Justin Gaethy and uh, Tony Ferguson – I know nothing about MMA or UFC, but I get wind that there's something to bet on. So we throw on the UFC card. And keep in mind, Michelle, like looking back, I'm going to pull this up real quick, but I'm pretty sure this was like 
a damn good card to get introduced to the UFC with. We had um, Gaethje and Ferguson, who were just absolutely, like, you could hear, because there was no fans, Michelle, you could hear the striking in, like, such a different way that, I don't know, I liked it, actually. Is this, so would you say this was your first full fight you've ever, like, full card you ever watched? No, no. Okay. I had watched probably most, if not all, Conor McGregor fights That's within the I UFC. Gonna, I was yeah. like, a, yeah, I was your typical, I watch Conor McGregor fights, and if there's anything else, like, really big, I might tune in. But by no means am I dedicating one minute of my Saturday to UFC right. at this point. So at this point, you probably know, like, five UFC fighters. Yeah. All right, keep going. So, I'm watching this uh, Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson card, which I just pulled it up. Card was loaded, Michelle. Loaded, looking back. So, Judo, Naganu, Calvin Cater, Greg Hardy was on this. I mean, this was a really good card to, to get introduced. Even the prelims, Pettis and Cerrone, Luque. Yeah. So, pretty much I get some fireworks here. All right, and I, I realize at this point, all right, this, this sport's pretty cool, especially betting it is a blast. Um, all four of the fights leading up to the main event ended in knockouts, like pretty vicious knockouts. So that was like the, the cater, Jeremy Stevens, like the knockout. Uh, people will know what I mean. Um, yeah, Michelle, so, so that's where it begins. Okay. Then... I would say what kind of got me more into the UFC was a few fight cards later. And I actually want to, I'm just going to click through this thing real quick. I think it was UFC 250. Yep. Oh. UFC 250. Okay. This, this is where it gets really interesting. Amanda Nunez, Felicia Spencer. Um, Aljamain Sterling and Corey Sandhagen were also on this card. I was always a Corey Sandhagen fan. I don't know where I, like, caught wind of him early, but I had watched most of his fights leading into this one. But, Michelle, the opening fight on this card was Sean O'Malley and Eddie Wineland. And this is where the love of o O'Malley started. <laughs> not, not the love. It's <laughs> Well, this is the thing. It's this okay guy, for you to be a fangirl a little bit for O'Malley. Oh, I'm a huge fan of O'Malley, no <laughs> doubt. There's a so this this guy comes out. He's I have no idea too at this at this point. We we are doing UFC picks at um, Steady Picks at this point, Michelle. But I'm not involved with them at all. I don't know who any of the people on the picks are. But we did have a pick on Sean O'Malley to win this fight by knockout. Okay. So I'm pretty attached to it. I have a bet in on it, and. O'Malley walks out, and I'm like, all right, this guy's this guy's pretty cool. He, he looks – he's interesting. He's a character. Did but this fight, did he have the, the colorful hair? It, he might not have been as animated, but I think he he he, he was different. I'll tell you yeah. that. He, he was he's different because – He's always had because, the tattoos and – But what's also interesting is that he definitely wasn't, like, big at this time. Yeah. Or this might have been the very beginning. So – Fight starts. I got the knockout ticket in my pocket. I'm um, I'm pretty like locked into this fight, and Sean O'Malley puts this guy's fucking lights out. Michelle like just drops him. He doesn't even follow up. He just drops his hands down. It's one of the most badass knockouts I've ever seen, and he just walks away from him. And it was 
I'm not even just saying this because because we worked with the guy, but that was the moment that actually made me like, like I jumped out of my seat and was so fired up about cashing the bet and just like I don't know. I, I would say like at that moment, I I kind of like I became a fan of the sport. Yeah, yeah. I became a fan. Maybe we should do one of these days, like on Instagram, like top ten in our opinion knockouts. That would like be clips. fun. Yeah, we got some um, good, like Ollie and Hayden, who are two of our UFC creators, MMA creators. They um, could probably whip something really cool together. Yeah, that, that would be really cool. If anybody has a good knockout for us that you think should be ranked in our top ten. Send it in. Find the YouTube or something. Be a fun little hands-on activity. You know, it's funny, Michelle, because I'm... So I'm clicking through this, and I'm going to take this one step further, and then we're going to move into college hoops. It's after that fight that happens that I actually reached out to Sean O'Malley and was like, hey, here's what we got going on. Congrats on the win. Is there anything we could do together, like, promotion-wise? So... We, we get connected with him at that point. About three months later, Michelle, I get a tip about a fighter coming up out of Philly. Someone who, it was actually the person who was providing our MMA picks at this time. Is like, there's this guy coming up out of Philly. He tore up the regional scene. Um, he's undefeated. He's, you know, he's hyping the shit out of this guy. And he's, he's fighting on the upcoming card. And I threw a little cheddar on him. I threw a little cheddar on him. I tuned in for the fight. And who do you think out walks? I mean, I think I know the end of the other story. Sean Brady. Out walks Sean Brady into the octagon. I, what was the fight? Uh, this Aguilera or something like that. I don't know how to say this guy's name. But um, I think it was a second UFC fight maybe. So now, now there's this Philly guy, Sean Brady. I think he gets like a pretty nasty finish, Michelle. He like, he submits the guy. Yeah. The rest is history. That's how you got the Shans. That's how the Shans came about. And that's how the the MMA fanship came about too, is like watching these guys and so many good fights in between. Absolutely. That being said, I kind of want to backtrack. I want to backtrack to the top 10 best knockouts and let's talk about the, what is it on ESPN um, when it's like a not, not top 10? Not top 10. So this weekend I watched UFC and the not top 10 award goes to number one for me at this point is, um, what was William his Knight. William Knight. I mean, that man was an animal in there. He is so strong looking. I think he benched, I think they said like 490, 450, which is absurd. His squat was over 500 pounds. And the man just stood there. I, not top 10. Not top 10 in my opinion. No, that was like really bad. Well, let's, let's quickly recap just a couple of them. So, yeah, I don't know if he even threw a punch. Like, maybe like a few. That was crazy. But, um... Really, the only one I think even worth recapping is Aaron Blanchfield. And did you better, Michelle? I she was a steady pick. 
She was. I did not bet the UFC this weekend. I, I don't know why. I just, like, didn't get my phone out in time enough. But I did watch that fight, and wow. I, that Jessica, what's her last name? Andrade. 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 Andrade has a pit bull jawline, and yet Aaron, she came through with the W. I was very impressed by this young woman, 23, right? She's young. She's from New Jersey. She's undefeated in the UFC. Yeah, Michelle. But the bigger storyline here was how sharp, hate this word, but how sharp of a bet this was. Aaron Blanchfield opened up like plus 170, plus 165. She closed minus 105 at some books. and. One of the things that Tom has taught me is line movement's always important, but when you start moving closer to that minus 110 threshold or like the just the break-even point, it means a lot more. And I'll give you an example. Like, I might suck at betting the UFC, Michelle, but I fucking murder UFC lines. Like, in terms of getting closing line value, I do real probably better than any other sport. Like the O'Malley bet from Peter Yan, I got him at plus 360. He closed plus 190. Um, Leon Edwards, plus 330. He closed like plus 260. But this one was more significant than any other line just because of, like I just said, it went through that that threshold. And I don't know. I, I, can, I stacked a lot of chips on her. It cashed. I felt relatively easy. Um, so, like, yeah, just, just to further say, like, that signal is so strong when you see a line moving like that. Man. It, this is an odd question, but is there a good time to check the lines? Like, is it first thing in the morning? Is it at night? Is it Wednesday before a fight? Like, I think it's when they open. Uh-huh. And then the week leading up to the fight, like, if you haven't made your, your wager yet at that point, Mm-hmm. Um, I think you keep a close eye. They usually move around the weigh-ins or throughout the week they'll move if a lot of money's coming in. Like, that's the thing with Blanchfield. It, it was like a consistent downhill. You know, like, people people even continued to pour money on her once the value was gone. Like, once she was minus 105, she was still getting a ton of money. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's a right time. Okay. But I bet early, like, when the lines open. How do you know? Like, is there a, a rule of thumb about when the lines actually open? Is it? A, Depends how big the fight is. Okay. Like, I wish there was, like, a standard. Like, two weeks before the fight, the lines open. Like, Yeah, like, you can already, you could bet. I'm sure you could even find McGregor and um, Chandler odds. They had Leon Edwards and uh, Usman odds before that fight was even officially announced. So it's just, yeah, it's like how big the fight is, unfortunately. But for the the smaller scale fights, usually like a week out um, or sometimes a little more. All right. Well, that was a, they said that wasn't going to be a great UFC card. Like that was amongst the social media, but I thought it was a great card. Yeah, it, it was fun. It, it was, was a, a decent card. card. Yeah. Um, with that being said, let's move over to college basketball. Let's talk some college hoops. Um, the show, Michelle, I got to address one thing quickly. 
we were supposed to have a new show daily called The Fast Break with myself, Donnie, and Mo. The problem is that because the three of us are in three different locations, the sound quality just like wasn't coming through properly. And even with like the first episode that we dropped, about a third of that episode, like we, we most of it was cut out because of the um, like staticky and it just like it wasn't working. So I'm trying really hard to find a way to make that work. Maybe it will just be like a March Madness special where we'll all get together and do it. But it sucks because those guys are they really know their hoops. Um, Mo is a character. I think he'd be one of the, the favorite people uh, amongst the Steady Pick staff once once we let people get to know him a bit more. But it just sucks, Michelle, because, you know, the quality standard obviously is important. And if the three of us aren't happy, like, you know, it's it sucks. But we had to we had to pull the plug. All right. Well, hopefully you can figure something out. Yeah, it sucks, too. Like we were the three of us, Michelle, we're like a rowdy bunch, you know, and the show didn't like uh, come off like that either. So it was just like weird. Yeah, sucks. But. We move on, and I got some picks. Yeah, yeah, I think you did pretty well this weekend, right? 2-0. 2-0. Oh. 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 All right. Did not uh, make any bets yesterday, but 2-0, and, oh, and we got some good games tonight. Do you want to just preview them, or do you want to just go right over the bets? Give me a, like, we don't have to bet on all of them, but what, what games are tonight? What, what are the top? Yeah, let me pull up the app, too, because we'll just lock in the bets right on the show. While we uh, pull that up, what are we doing for brackets this year? Uh, we'll have a we'll have a what do you call it? A pool. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have a study picks pool. With just staff members, or do we want to open it up? Anybody who was in the trivia thing, I already have like a sheet of names that okay. they'll be invited in. Um, but I don't know. We can we can open it up as big as uh, everyone would like. Or maybe just if someone asks to get in, we'll just let them in. Um, all right, I got the games. All right, let me hear them. What are the top games? We don't need to bet on all of them, but what's uh, one we should tune into? All right, so you got West Virginia and Oklahoma State. Okay. I think the biggest note with this game, Michelle, is that West Virginia is at home where they're very good. Um, you're laying five points on the West Virginia side. It's not a bet that... I would like to make right now. Uh, so we'll keep it moving, but a fun matchup there. You got Duke and Louisville. Mm. Duke laying 18 and a half. Want nothing to do with that. Um, let's scroll down to the games that I felt were a bit more interesting here, which will come in the Kansas Jayhawks and TCU game. Mm, that's a good game. It is. And we're going to let's let's break this one down a bit because we're going to make a bet here. So, first things first. Uh Kansas is rolling right now, Michelle. They played Baylor on Saturday. They were down double digits at half. Came back and won by like 15-16 points. Wow. Yeah. They're uh they won four in a row. Wins against Texas, Baylor, you know, this team is looking like they could they could be a legitimate repeat contender. 
They rank 15th in both offensive and defensive adjusted efficiency. So, yeah, they're, they're a really good team. TCU, on the other hand, Michelle, not, not quite as good momentum carrying in here. They lost to Oklahoma State. They lost to Kansas State. They lost to Baylor, and they lost to Iowa State all in a row and then got back on track with a home win against Oklahoma State on Saturday. So this game, though, is at home, which is key to know here. At home for TCU. At home for TCU. And for anybody who likes those home po- home court advantage rankings, um, TCU is amongst the most valuable home courts in the nation. Mm. Valued at about 4.3 points. Only Texas Tech, West Virginia, Air Force, and Colorado, Michelle, have a better home court advantage. So it's a big swing, this thing being in... In uh, Fort Worth, which is where TCU plays. Interesting. So who do you have in this game? What do you like? Give me the Jayhawks. I hate to do it. I hate to do it, but we got to go with the better overall team. Getting points, too. I'm just uh, doing my line shopping, trying to make Tom proud. But at a certain point, Michelle, I know people love to take the home, like, the home, I don't want to say dogs, but when you have, like, a, a worser team at home favored against a highly ranked team, it's a spot that smart betters usually go on the TCU side here. But sometimes you got to know when's when to just side with the better overall team. And this is one of those spots for me. Plus two and a half at DraftKings for minus 110. Yeah, that's that's the play. Full unit. Kansas. All right. Is Kansas a team? I was watching over the weekend that had a sh- smaller uh was it a guard? Like Kansas State. Kansas, Kansas State. State. Wow, that kid is phenomenal and he is on the shorter side. Kid's a stud. I forget <laughs> his name. Um but yeah, he's really good. Speaking of which, Oh, finish out. What were no, you? I was just like, I was in awe of this, this young man. He was so good and he was so young or so little short. He was taking some wild shots at the end of the game too. The game was really tight. Uh, Kansas state played Iowa state. It was going down to the wire and he just starts firing from like five, 10 feet behind the line. He hit a couple really big shots. And Michelle, that kid is the most unbelievable free throw shooter I've ever seen. What was it like 56 out of 59? Something like, like a ridiculous. 56 of 58 on the so, year or something yeah, like something that. Something ridiculous. Yeah, he's, he's a good player. Um, I love that Kansas State team. This is really funny. And it's by funny, I mean not funny at all. If you're a sports better, this is the most important segment of the show right here. Because I guarantee you, Michelle, this will be done by tons of people this week. All right. On Saturday, as I'm watching these games, I go into my app. And I take a look at all of the conference tournament winners. Like, you know, the the conference Mm -hmm. tournaments around the corner. Love betting those. So I see... Kansas State at 70 to 1 
to wow. win. Yeah, 70 to 1. But here's the problem. I did something stupid. Oh, God. And the thing is, you should never be impulsive when you see something funky on a sports book like this look to me. You should always, like, step back and make sure you're you're reading everything right. Because I got impulsive. Oh, what did you do, Ricky? I started dumping money into Kansas State 70-1 to to win the tournament, their conference tournament. But the problem was, Michelle... I wasn't betting the conference tournament. I was betting the conference season winner, which is completely <laughs> different. And they've literally had like a 0% chance to win the season. So like I'm freaking out once I realize it and I go to try to get my money, like cash out of it. It won't let me cash out, of course. Um, so now I have all this money in a 70 to one Kansas state to win the regular season and I did the same thing with Arizona at plus 450. Um, so it just sucks. Like, I hate throwing money away. And, it, you know, I literally did that here because I didn't read the bet Fine. properly. Oh, um, Ricky. So well, you, you still have a shot. I mean, it's not done yet. I don't even <laughs> think I do have a shot is the worst part. Like, why are you even offering odds on a team that's mathematically out? But, yeah, it, it pissed me off. But it is what it is. We eat the losses, and um, you should just look out for it if you bet those tournaments that uh, you're you're betting the correct thing. Yeah, sometimes they do get a little tricky. Like they sometimes they they are worded a little off, or you're, or it looks I don't know. Yeah, I mean I, I'll take it on the chin, you know, like it's my mistake. But the fact that I couldn't cash out of it within a couple minutes is was what yeah. kind of bothered me. Um, yeah. Yeah, we've all been there, though. Um, anything else, Michelle, for, for today? Uh, so you're only taking one pick tonight. Yeah, only pick tonight is going to be Kansas plus two and a half. Okay. Uh, and we're, we're rolling. We're rolling in college basketball right now. There's no need to force stuff that we don't like here. So exactly. Kansas and Kansas only. Sounds good, Ricky. All right, Michelle. Well, we'll catch you later in the week. Have a good one, right? Yeah, that's all. Have a good one, everyone. Yeah, yeah, spinning like a bar.